Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. JT DeBolt's with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you. I say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whatever time it is for you, no matter where you might be tuning in from on the Big Blue Marble. Thank you for joining me here each Wednesday to talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and, of course, living a high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by flywithjt.com. That is flywithjt.com, where you can, of course, stay connected to everything we're doing in the high-altitude community. Get plugged in. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road. Want to keep you updated on everything, so make sure you get yourself over to flywithjt.com and plug in and dial in to what we're doing. Recently, I read a very interesting article in Entrepreneur Magazine. The thing that I found most interesting about it was it definitely speaks to the leadership side of what we discuss here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show. And a lot of these things were were ideas that have been gleaned from different areas of business. So there's a bit of entrepreneurship in it, but a leadership definitely fit the mold of what we talk about here in the community. The title of the article is What We've Learned at Uber. And what's interesting is I didn't know this about Uber. In fact, if anybody doesn't know what Uber is, by now you probably do. Uber, of course, is the service that, uh, you know, it, it, it basically acts as a taxi, only instead of riding in an old, decrepit, dirty taxi, you've got people that come and pick you up in their own personal cars. I've actually hailed Uber in London. I remember being picked up in a BMW thinking, wow, this is crazy. It was my very first experience with Uber in the streets of downtown London the night before I had a speaking engagement there. And then I've hailed it since then, uh, ridden in all kinds of nice cars. But the point is, is that instead of riding in some old taxi cab, you're actually riding with a person. And what's interesting, I think, about that business model, whether it's Uber or Lyft or any of these other kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, crowdsourced uh, ride services, is that it empowers the driver. The person can basically say, listen, I've got this car. Maybe I need to make the payments on it, or perhaps I just want to use it to to help me earn a little extra money. And in their free time, in time slot times that they decide, they can put the sort of open for business sign virtually on the app and be and be called upon to give people rides. And so they th- these drivers can actually call their own shots. They can make as much or as little money as they want. They can work as much or as little as they wish. And they can kind of do it in between their jobs or whatever else they're doing. I think it's kind of a cool, if nothing else, starter business for some folks. But what I found very compelling about this particular article is, first and foremost, I didn't know this, but Uber employs over 200 ex-startup founders and CEOs. It says it right in the subtitle of this article. And I didn't even realize that, but it's pretty compelling. Think about this. All these folks have founded a company, a startup, or some of them were were hired to run that company. And now they're hired in different capacities by Uber. And what they did is they reached out to about 10 of them and said, hey, what have you learned by working for Uber? Uber being very disruptive, Uber being, you know, kind of a, I don't want to say hip, but definitely something that's hot. 
It's a service. It's a business that you can look at it and say, man, massive growth, uh, tons of market share. How did they do it, and what have you learned since working there? The reason I love this article and why I wanted to share it with you today, at least my take on the article, was the lessons learned from folks that came from experience. They had leadership experience. They had business experience. They had entrepreneurial experience. And to see their kind of their take on something that we don't necessarily get to see is like pulling the curtain and looking in between or looking behind that curtain and getting a chance to see how the cogs of this machine really work. So what I'm going to do is there's, there's actually ten points that they're talking about. I'm going to condense it down to eight. And I'm going to share with you my take on each one. The first one comes from a gentleman by the name of Peter Marketos. And uh, Peter was previously the co-founder of a company called MM, and right now he's the director on brand team. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, he's the on-brand team. He's the director of the on-brand team for Uber. And his thing, his takeaway that he learned from working with Uber is to stay focused. Now, <laughs> if you followed the High Altitude Mentorship Show long enough, you know this is a slam dunk because I'm a huge proponent for staying focused. It doesn't matter whether you're starting a business, whether you're building a family, whether you are uh, creating a charitable foundation or looking to make a bigger impact in the world, focus is everything. The degree to which you are focused will typically dictate how high, fast, and far you fly in your missions in business and life. Focus is a key and essential thing that we talk about and teach, one of the most important of the six tenets that we teach in flight school to success. Flight School to Success is the program, one of the programs that we teach over at my company. The reason I love this idea is it's number one. It's the first thing they talk about is staying focused. In a company like Uber or a company like anything, especially this day and age, you have to stay focused. Focus is paramount for any kind of success regardless of whether it's a business goal or whether your mission is to, is to do something outside of business. Staying focused is key and essential. Next... This one came from uh, Andrew McDonald, who's the regional GM of uh, India, Southeast Asia, and Latin America. He was the previous founder of Shop My Clothes. Not sure what that is, but he said, be aggressive. His big takeaway from working at Uber was be aggressive. Now, I love this idea. The idea of being aggressive in anything that you're passionate about speaks volumes about the importance of just be, not just being focused, but also being on point being very clear on what it is you want and going after it with veracity, with an absolute insatiable appetite, showing up each day with intensity, with focus, and with a certainty that you know you're going to go out and get her done. Being aggressive is one of the key, I believe, tenets and behaviors of, of any leader. You want to be aggressive. Now, it's important to understand, and I'll tell you my take on this, being aggressive is one thing. But outpacing the people you're leading is a concern you have to have. So it's one thing to be chewing a hole through the wall for success. You have to also be able to lead people through that hole that you just chewed in the wall. You don't want to outpace the people that you're leading. And I've seen this happen before where leaders are running faster than their people can follow and keep up. So it's very important to kind of have a head on a swivel and be very connected to the people you're leading. And it's a key and essential tenet for leadership, of course, to, to know your people to look out for their welfare, of course. However, if you're going to be aggressive, you want to be aggressive to the point where you are pushing them, pulling them along with you without outpacing them, without pushing them too far. Now, this next one is kind of a two-part answer, a two-part takeaway. And um, it comes from both a, guy, a person named uh, Aaron 
Schild, uh, Schildkraut, and he's the head of writer and uh, driver product. Um, and he was previously the co-founder of HowAboutWe.com. So he talks about empowering all. But tied to that was a uh, a uh, input from Johan Kana, a senior product manager and global vehicle solutions person. Uh, previously with he's previously the co-founder of Sidecar. You probably heard of Sidecar before. And what these two said was uh, Aaron was talking about empowering all and uh, uh, Johan was talking about ideate inclusively. Now, I kind of put these two together because it's not just the ideation part that has to be inclusive. It's really anytime you come together and collaborate, you want to be inclusive of every person on that team. You'll find it doesn't matter what it is. The 80-20 rule always applies. You could have a room full of high achievers complete, you know, type A's, and invariably you're going to have one or two wallflowers, just people that will tend to find their way toward the fringes. As a leader, we have to find a way and make sure we're empowering folks at all times. We have to find a way to make sure not just in the ideation phase, but the execution phase, that we've got people engaged on all 12 cylinders. So important. And listen, if you're somebody who has a business that's just where you're the solo, you know, the solopreneur, the, <laughs> the sole proprietor, you still have to have this, this sense about you when you reach out to have people work on your website or fulfill your, your product delivery or whatever it is that you do. It's important to be able to empower everybody along that path. And so as we're taking a look at our teams as leaders, we have to be able to pull back and say, how are we empowering folks? Are we, inclusive, are we an inclusive company? Are we an inclusive team? Or do we have a tendency to allow certain fringe players to fall off and not be included? Next comes a great point from Wayne Ting, the GM of Northern California, and he was previously the co-founder of Campus Network. He talks about admitting cluelessness, and I'm going to pair this in with a point that came from Sarah Carroll, who is the product designer, and she was previously the founder of Sidecar Stationery. She said, seek input. Now, if you put these two together, admit cluelessness and seek input, it's, I think they're two very synergistic points. And the reason I love this is, is that leadership is about admitting when you don't know. It's also about admitting, hey, you know, listen, I'm totally lost. I'm clueless here. I may have made a mistake. Extremely important. I remember flying a night mission as a naval aviator. It was a surveillance and reconnaissance mission. We were flying over enemy territory, very dangerous part of the country. Uh, we were flying over, um, you know, in the Middle East. And we were one night we were flying, and we had just crossed the, the border into this dangerous part of the world. And now we're kind of, you know, in no man's land. And the autopilot on our aircraft had kicked off, just sort of turned itself off. Now, we're flying at night, so the whole cockpit's dark. We've got all the, the cockpit instrumentation lights dialed way down low. That red glow is kind of illuminating everybody's face. But all of a sudden, this very bright beacon of light, basically eye level on the, on the uh, instrument console, starts flashing. It was enunciator light, an enunciator light that told us, hey, the autopilot kicked off. So I lit, raised my left hand to cover that up, and I reached down with my right hand to push the button to reset the autopilot. And that reset button was just next to my right hip. So I had to take my face and my, my eyes and look down and actually push the button. And in so doing, I accidentally popped what they call the bang switch. Now, the bang switch is a big red button 
right next to the top left part of the instrument panel. And the idea is if you ever get shot by a missile, you've got a heat-seeking missile coming at you, you hit that bang switch, and it, it spews out a bunch of hot sparks, basically strips of phosphorus that get very hot and uh, allow the, uh, the heat-seeking missile to chase those sparks as opposed to shooting the airplane, in theory. Well, when this happened... It made, a, it made a very loud thud that rocked the airplane, and of course there was the sparks that came out, and everybody on the aircraft, all 12 of us, thought we got shot. We thought we had been hit by anti-aircraft fire or something else. So there was an immediate moment of concern. There were a lot of people that just sort of were like very anxious in that moment, thinking, holy crap, we just got shot. And then, of course, the conversation started to become, okay, we're okay, we're safe, we did an instrument check, we did an, a systems check and realized everything's hunky-dory, now what do we do? It was in that moment that my co-pilot, who was actually off-duty, sitting behind me, said, you know, I think you may have hit the bang button, the bang switch. And so I voiced that. I admitted that. And I have to tell you that I felt clueless. I felt ridiculous. And, but it was the right thing to do. In that moment, my, one of my core values of integrity were just glowing hot. I knew I had to speak up. I knew I had to say something to my crew so they knew we didn't just get shot. But it did become a maintenance issue. We had to scrap the mission, turn around, and fly back home. So not a good thing, not a good night, and definitely not something I'm very proud of. But I'm proud of the way we handled the situation. The point is this, is that as leaders, we have to admit when we don't have all the answers. We have to admit when we make mistakes. And we have to seek the input and the advice and the counsel of those that know better than we do. And we always want to surround ourselves with that. You know the old saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? Well, this is definitely the case, and I think it's an important lesson that these folks have learned by working with Uber. Next comes from a person named Kim Fennell, the business development head, uh, previously the president and CEO of Decarta. Kim says, always be disrupting. Now, what's interesting about this is, is that obviously Uber has a reputation for being disruptive in the taxi industry. They just totally turn the whole industry on its head, and then, of course, Lyft and other services have since come along. But what's interesting about this statement about always be disrupting is it's an attitude. It's a belief system. Simultaneously changing transportation and food delivery and freight delivery is what she said or he said Kim said in this particular piece. And the reason I think it implies to all of us as leaders is we always want to be thinking of ways that we can keep our company fresh but also keep moving forward keep grinding per, you know, purposely forward, and in that case, sometimes it means disrupting the industry. It means disrupting the marketplace. What can we do? What can you do in your business right now, whether it's in your marketing, whether it's in your messaging, whether it's in the way you serve your clients, that's more disruptive, that creates a stir, that creates a change, that mixes it up a little bit? What can you do to set yourself apart? What can you do to set your brand and your company apart? Being disruptive is not just about being a pain in everybody's neck. It's also about showing up with better solutions, being innovative, and not being afraid to put it out there. Even though it may upset some folks or disrupt the way they think, it may shift paradigms. But as leaders, that's what we're all about. And to really make a difference in your industry, whatever industry you're in, no matter what market you're in, it's extremely important to be disruptive. The next one that I thought was really great comes from a person named Nuri Kim, who's, the pro who's a product designer and previously the co-founder of GIST. And the input was, ownership is an attitude. I love this one. This might be one of my favorite on this list. Because when we take ownership of our business, when we take ownership of our, of our results, it's an attitude. 
But here's the interesting part, is that it also means that we have to help our team members feel that they own part of this. We want them to buy in. We want them to feel not that they're cogs in a wheel. We want to feel. We want them to feel that they are part of the uh, of the the engine that's driving this whole thing. We don't want them to feel like, hey, you're here to pick up a paycheck. We want them to feel like they are part of the jet fuel that actually moves the thing forward. Ownership is an attitude, and if we can exude that in ourselves as leaders and help foster that in the folks that work with us and for us, we can make a huge diff- we can make a huge culture shift not just in our company, but in our marketplace. Next, it comes from Kate Zhang, and she's an engineering manager, um, uh, previously the co-founder of Fetching Allure, and she said, have a purpose. Now, obviously, if you've ever been through Flight School to Success or any of the programs that we teach, having a purpose is really important. Being clear on what your purpose is will help save money, it'll save time, it'll save headache, and it will absolutely keep your people engaged. As leaders, we have to constantly be aware of what our purpose is, be willing to share that purpose, and to stay connected to that purpose. You know, Simon Sinek, in his book, Start With Why, talks about purpose. He talks about what is the driving force behind what we do. Hopefully, it's not just about making money. Hopefully, it's not just about rising up that ladder in our careers. But more importantly, what's the purpose behind why we show up every day? It's not for the paycheck. That's just a side benefit to what we do. Having a purpose is extremely important when it comes to leading people, when it comes to success in business, life, whatever it is. And finally, man, this one sinks to my heart, comes from uh, Marin Alon, Operations Manager, Global Trust and Safety, previously the co-founder of Bala Hospitality. And Maran says, prioritize. That was one thing that, that, that Moran learned here is that it's so important to prioritize. And we talk about this in my course, Best Year Blueprint, is coming up with your top three priorities for the year and executing on those three. It's not about having a laundry list as long as your arm of things you got to do. It's not about a to-do list. It's not about setting goals. It's about having priorities, setting priorities, staying connected to and committed to those priorities. And in so doing, we show up every single day and we can make the big impact in our business, our careers, and our lives. Without a doubt, Uber has done more than just disrupt the taxi service, the taxi industry. It has absolutely set the tone for what a successful business means. Some of the lessons that have come out of the way Uber operates, the way Uber markets itself, the way Uber grows is uh, something that we can all learn from. Whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an, an, an employee that works for a company, whether you are an executive, whether you're a leader in any capacity, especially these eight lessons really ring true. I hope you got some great stuff out of this because what we learned at Uber is more than just a great article. I truly believe there's a lot of great lessons in here about leadership, entrepreneurship, and, and frankly, high-performance behavior, uh, especially as we lead high-performing teams. So remember, it's about staying focused. It's about being aggressive. It's about empowering all and ideating inclusively. It's about admitting cluelessness and seeking input. It's about always being disruptive about realizing that ownership is an attitude. It's about having purpose and, of course, prioritizing. Eight really powerful things to take away from the ex-startup founders and CEOs who have come to work with Uber. What can we learn? How can we implement this into our businesses and lives as leaders and people who are here to make a shift? That's what I want you to think about, and that's what I want you to apply today and every single day. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show each and every single week. Looking forward to doing it again next week, 
Remember, get yourself over to flywithjt.com. And no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you next week.